Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Tuesday, November 8th, an Election Day edition here in the U.S. of Daily Faceoff Live. We're streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, as well as, of course, DailyFaceoff.com. He's former NHL netminder and current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, what's going on, man? And Mike is frozen. We are so those days, little... man. We're going to be out and voting later on and get some riding. T- yeah, I think we're experiencing a little technical issue kind of here with saw. Mike. There he is. There he's back. He was frozen. He's back. There he is. I think. Hey. Hey. What a weird Oops. deal. Okay. Well. St- still frozen. This is really interesting. It has never happened in almost 200 episodes that we've done. Uh, there he is. Okay. Mike McKenna. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, and let's start with the St. Louis right, Blues, Frank. Mike, as they've continued their skid. Started 3-0. and They've now lost seven in a row. It's certainly been shocking to see that. And when you look at the St. Louis Blues and what they've encountered to this point in the season, there's maybe some more change in the offseason than I gave uh, them credit for in terms of having to adjust to that. David Perron out, Vili Husso out. And so when you look at... Who's to blame for the start of this season? Where do you put your focus? Is it on the players? Is it on Ryan O'Reilly? And there's been lots of criticism heaped the way of Jordan Cairo. Is it Jordan Bennington in net? Or is it Doug Armstrong for not properly accounting for some of those changes that were made largely due to salary cap reasons? I think it's largely on the players in St. Louis. I mean, I think that there's an element of this with Doug Armstrong and, and not retaining David, who was an integral piece of this puzzle in St. Louis, but if it's just one player, how big is that? Bottom line is that when you watch this thing with the Blues, like they have not worked hard night in and night out. Now, last night against the Bruins, Frank was much better. The team actually showed up, and and that looks like a team in Boston that's just tough to play against, man. Like You're not going to win those games all the time, but at least the Blues were there. But like they're getting crushed on the penalty kill. All right, seven, goal, seven of the last 12 attempts, there's ended up being a goal against in it, and they're not scoring at all. And so when you look at it, they have not managed the puck well in the offensive zone. They're throwing passes all around that are ending up coming the other direction and odd man rushes. It's been a really difficult environment for Jordan Bennington. And I'm sure he'd say that he wants to stop more pucks. We all do as goalies, but I really think it's been on that forward core. And yeah, part of that is because they haven't had Buchnevich and Saad in the lineup all year. Perron's out. 
they were basically running two lines, Frank. They've had a tough time putting a full roster of forwards on the ice. Last night was the first time you saw pretty much what you plan to see from the Blues at the forward position for the rest of the season. So Ryan O'Reilly commented earlier and said his game is, quote, horrible to start the season. He has one point in 10 games, one goal. What do you see from the captain, and how much do you think this contract situation is affecting him heading into the season? I can't imagine it's a contract situation. It's just I've seen things from him that you don't expect. I've seen turnovers, throwing pucks around. I've seen missed assignments in front, a bad penalty last night in the third period. But I think he's been weighted down by playing with players that just don't want to compete hard or haven't shown that. Jordan Cairo hasn't done that this season, and they were paired together for a lot of the start of the season. So I, I'd expect O'Reilly to turn it around. I think Factor is one of the best two-way players in the game and can drive offensively. It's just that that St. Louis club has been completely out of sync so far. Yeah, they certainly have seven straight losses. They're back on the ice in a back-to-back -back situation on Tuesday night in Philadelphia against the Flyers. We'll have Olivia Rayner coming up from the Philadelphia Inquirer to talk about the Flyers. Just want to point out, you remember back in January 2019, uh, Mike, the, the Blues came to Philadelphia in dead last place in the NHL. That was the night that they had their Gloria moment and went on to win the Stanley Cup from there. Not saying that type of turnaround yeah. is to be expected, but... Just a reminder of where exactly it started and the opportunity yeah. that the Blues still have in this early season to turn it around. And you don't have to remind me because I was on the bench opening the door for the Flyers. I saw it firsthand, Frank. It was pretty impressive. There, Jordan Bennington's first go. game, shutout. Something that you will never forget. Let's turn our attention to the Vancouver Canucks, another team that has struggled mightily this season. And their comments were really interesting from their president of Hockey Ops, Jim Rutherford, on Monday evening as he joined Sportsnet 650, Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. It was a f really fascinating conversation in that Jim Rutherford did not leave any stone unturned in terms of uh, or any shroud of mystery as to what he thinks is ailing the Canucks at this point in the season. Take a listen. But at this point, I would have expected better uh, I didn't like our training camp, um, and we continued into the early part of the season um, the same way as our, our training camp was. And in order for us, there's a lot of things that have to happen, but in order for us to become a better team, we have to play with a stronger system and, and, uh, and really be more accountable for some of the things that some of the players are, are struggling with. So when... In the NHL now, the way the game's played and the way the game's called by the, the referees, uh, it's hard to defend because, you know, you can't get away with mm -hmm. those cross-checks in front of the net, knocking the guys out of the way. And so it's understandable that teams are going to give up uh, leads. And, you know, it happens all over the league. But the fact that it has happened as many times as it has for the Canucks in this short period of time it's a major concern and something has to be fixed. So if you're listening to Jim Rutherford, he's basically saying that it's not on the personnel so much as it is on the team system and setup. Those are buzzwords, structure and system directly pointed at the coach in Bruce Boudreaux. Bruce Boudreaux responding this morning at the Canucks 
uh, availability saying, this is just another thing I'm going uh, to add to the book that I'm going to write, Mike. And when you see all this play out, like what's your first reaction if the president of hockey ops has been this critical of the coach, and this isn't the first time that he's mentioned that buzzword of structure and system, basically saying we don't have the horses on defense to play well enough in front of our own end. So we need to dial it back a bit and, and make our team more defense oriented. Why hasn't he just made a coaching change? Yeah, just fire him. People get fired all the time in this game. I mean, if you're Boudreaux and you're listening to these words from your from your boss, how are you excited to come to the rink? Like, I know it's a challenge. You always want to find a way to win, but you feel like a dead man walking in the first place here. Like, just get a new coach. Like, is it just because you think that you don't have a coach readily available that you like that can come in and play this super structured style? Is that all it is? Frank, I'm kind of at a loss here because this has been a real soap opera and they're going nowhere fast. And their big deal was trading for a healthy scratch in Ethan Bear, who's now supposed to solidify the blue line. That's a Band-Aid fix. If there's structural problems, then get a new coach. I don't see why not. Yeah, a lot more to unpack from the Vancouver Canucks, including comments from Rutherford about Bo Horvat and his hot start to the season with 10 goals, essentially saying, hey, if we don't re-sign him, that means we can get more for him now based on the way that he's played. And the other part of it too, Mike, is that it seemed to, Jim Rutherford and his comments really seemed to point towards already looking towards next season and beyond, as if to say that this mm -hmm. year, a season with expectations for the Canucks to make the playoffs is already a lost one, 32nd in the league in goals against, more than four per game, 32nd in the league in penalty kill. It has been ugly. So from ugly to fun, let's talk about Ryan Reynolds and the his interest in purchasing the Ottawa Senators because he joined uh, the late night circuit on Monday and talked about exactly that. How about a Hollywood star, a Canadian born and bred Hollywood star, potentially owning an NHL team? Here you go. There's a rumor going on that you may be interested in buying an NHL professional hockey team, the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators? Yes, that it's is a Canadian true. team. Yeah, that is a, it's an NHL team, the Ottawa Senators. I am trying to, to do that. It's a very expensive. So, you know, I need to partner with, you know, really deep pockets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, much bigger. That's, it's, called a, it's called a consortium or consortium or a consortium mm -hmm. when you form a group together to, to buy an entity. And I just, it's such, a, it's such a fancy way of saying I need a sugar mommy or a sugar daddy. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But you, you um, do need one, yeah. Yeah, and if that doesn't work out, I'll buy a U.S. senator, which anyone can afford. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of a... <laughs> Wait till Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. But I love Ottawa. Ottawa. I grew up, I grew up uh, in Vancouver, which has my heart always. But, but I also grew up in Ottawa, uh, Canada. So I spent uh, a long time in Vanier there, which is a little town right inside Ottawa. And hockey is just part of, the, uh, it's part of the system when you grow up. That's it's, part of it's, your blood. It's sad. It's scary. But children are eased out of the womb in ice skates in Canada. I mean, that's <laughs> they how really they are. They're ready to go. Yeah. NHL ready by the time they're four. Mike, so you see Ryan Reynolds confirm that and really exciting, just funny the, and deprecating way in which he does it. And it is true that he would need some help from partners in order mm -hmm. to pull off a major sale like this one. But what would Ryan Reynolds being part of an ownership group of an NHL team, particularly one that is struggling uh, or had been previously struggling in Ottawa to gain a foothold in the market, what would it do for the team and what would it do for the league overall in terms of expanding its view and footprint? I think it just adds a cool factor. You know, you bring in somebody that has this big of a following, is obviously a huge star in Hollywood, and it's just, he's cool, man. And, and I think about how 
the senators were a hot ticket for a while when you had Mike Fisher and Carrie Underwood as a couple. You know, it's it's a reason to come to the rink and think that there's something bigger going on than just the team on the ice. And uh, I think that anytime you have a chance to loop somebody in like this, if even if it's a minimal stake in a team, you know Reynolds would be a face of the franchise, and it just expands hockey into the greater culture. So I see it as a win-win. I just would want to see Reynolds stick around and not be. Uh, you know, a couple year owner and flip it for a profit down the road. I'd like to see him actually be part of this if he really wants to do it. You know, when the Sens were not a hot ticket, when they had Mike McKenna in net. That's true. That's very true. Um, <laughs> but you, ha- you have yeah, a car that's named that after their, their, pre- their GM and, and owner, though. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm, I'm grateful that I got a little bit of money out of that. And I, I'm thankful for the chance I got from that club. I don't think I'd be talking to you if I hadn't. But yeah, we weren't very good that year, and I didn't help a whole lot. Well, speaking of rosters, let's talk as two proud Americans about Team USA and the 2024 World Cup, the way too early projected rosters that we've assembled at dailyfaceoff.com. Myself and Matt Larkin put together our entries today for Team USA. And after doing Team Canada and working through that exercise last week, hot damn, I know this is a hot take. I think the team Team USA and the Americans are the early favorites for the 2024 World Cup of Hockey. And Mike, when I look at this roster, first I want you to pick holes in it. Where did I mess mm-hmm. up? And second, how much does this make you hate the fact that there were no Olympics, no NHL players in the Olympics in the 22 edition in Beijing? Like this is the prime time for USA hockey given all the stars that they have. Yeah, no question. It would have been great to see you. And, and there's not many holes to your lineup. We're dealing about dealing with great hockey players here. Uh, my biggest question was on the right side. Where does Cole Caulf- Caulfield fit in the mix here? Like, I do think by 2024, Frank, he could take over maybe where Kreider is in the lineup. But that's a hard pick for me because Kreider's got so much speed and does so well in front of the net on the power play. I would have Joe Pavelski on my team at center. And I'm not sure at this stage who's going to miss out in that role. Maybe it's Josh Norris, maybe someone else. But I've had I'd have Matthews, Matthews, Hughes, Eichel, Pavelski, Larkin. I don't know what that mix is. I'd want Pavelski, even if he's 40 years old. Frank, put the C on him, put him in front of the net, uh, and then on D, I think that I would like to have Truba in my lineup. I wouldn't have Seth Jones as one of my top six, so I'd have Slav, Slavin, McAvoy, Hughes, Fox, Berensky, Truba, Hannafin would be my top seven. Uh, and then in goal, I think you're bang on here. The only thing that I think could happen is maybe Spencer Knight slips in uh, in a number two or three role if things start to progress for him. The goalie part is amazing for the Americans because Real the strength. third guy that they have on the list is Thatcher Demko. And, you know, I have Hellebuck, Ottinger, Demko, and then Spencer Knight was my fourth guy that fell short. And you think back to the Team Canada exercise, that's the one real hole that Canada has in their roster. And when you speak of goalies, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Team Russia. Will there even be a Team Russia given the ongoing invasion in Ukraine? The NHL trying to deal with that fallout because that goaltending scenario of Vasilevsky, Sorokin, and Chesterkin, like all world, but it's pretty closely matched with the U.S. in terms of what they can throw at them. And you think of the Americans and the spot that they're in, I really agree with you. I had a hard time leaving Pavelski off, but there's this projection factor that factor that comes into it when you're dealing with something that's still 16 months away. Like Cole Caulfield, yeah, you said off. last week you're from the show me state and I want to see more from Cole Caulfield. He, yes, he has 14 points in 12 games to start and is a goal scoring machine. And Marty St. Louis is getting that production out of him, but what's he doing for your team when he's not scoring? That's what I want to see more of from Cole Caulfield. Yep. 
I'm the same way. I mean, he's got eight goals on the season. The guy can't stop scoring. So if he keeps that going, I'm not sure you're going to worry about his defensive side as much two years from now, but there needs to be growth on that as well. Yeah, so true. It's going to be fascinating to see it all come together. And by the way, we still need a uh, World Cup of Hockey official confirmation that it's even going to happen. If not, all this work for naught. I, find, I think they'll find a way to get it done, Mike. Let's get to our All 32 segment today with Olivia Rayner from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. That's right. Pleased to welcome into Daily Faceoff live for the All 32 delivered by DoorDash. It's Olivia Rayner covering the Philadelphia Flyers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Olivia, great to see you. Thanks a lot for joining us. Wanted to ask, you covered this team last year. Such a marked difference to the start this year. What's the biggest thing you notice about the Flyers that's changed under John Tortorella? Man, there's a lot of different things, right? So much has changed since last season. Personnel hasn't changed all that much, but the way that Tortorella is coaching this team, they are trying to be a lot more hard to play against. And when you look at the roster on paper, you may not look at it and say, oh, this is a very skilled team that can beat other skilled teams. They're not that way at all, but they've been grinding very hard and, and they've been able to pull out some wins over teams that you would, you would think, again, on paper, what they would be able to, to beat the Flyers. I think the biggest difference really, and the bottom line, the reason why this team is having so much success early on, and this isn't necessarily a huge change between seasons. I thought Carter Hart had a good season last year. He didn't have a lot of help in front of him. This season, he's just balling out so far. He's had a really strong start to the season. He is the reason that the Flyers are winning some of these games. Some of these wins... I don't think they would have would would have without him. Um, so he is a part of the team that isn't taking away from his performance, but the rest of the team is going to have to step up if they want to be able to continue to sustain this success. But it's been um, it's been an impressive start under Tortorella so far. I think he's trying to get a lot more out of these players and emphasizing emphasizing defense first um, in, in order to kind of build the offensive game out of that. So it's. Uh, it's a good start. We'll see exactly how sustainable it is going forward. Yeah, Hart has been absolutely phenomenal so far this year. I think he's been the best goalie in the league, and he's covered up a lot of mistakes. Um, I, I look at this team, and I see a lot of the young talent that's starting to filter through, but it's still some you know, middle-aged, if you will, NHL players. And if you had to pick kind of the, the naughty and nice columns for the Flyers so far this season, maybe players that have responded very well to, to Tortorella, or maybe some that still have some growth, who would those be? Ooh, naughty and nice. Yeah, I think 
earlier this season, Torrell, I forget exactly which game it was. He was not pleased with the play of Travis Konechny and Kevin Hayes. And we do think of Travis Konechny as being a veteran. He's been in the league for quite some time mm -hmm. now, but he is, he's a young player. And he benched both Konechny and Hayes for the entire third period of the game. Um, and I don't, he didn't really want to use the word bench, but that's essentially what it is when you, you're, two of your players don't leave the, the bench for the entire period. And the question was, okay, this is how, this is what happened. These were the consequences. Tortorella wasn't happy with how they were playing. How, how are they going to respond? And I think both of them have responded very well, especially connect me. He's off to a much better start this season than, and he finished last season on last season. Seemed like he was a bit snake bitten this season. He's leading the team in goals. He's leading the team in points. He is a really important player for this team. And so is Kevin Hayes. Hayes dealt with a lot, as we all know, last season. He dealt with three different surgeries, you know, on top mm -hmm. of the loss of his brother as well. So he, there's, he, he has, he was dealing with a lot last season. He looks better to start this season. And they're relying on the two of them a lot to make plays, to, to score, um, because they're not, like I said, this isn't a very skilled team on paper. So they're not only, they're going to rely on the skill that they have, but they're also going to rely on getting some goal scoring some other ways, some dirtier ways. It's, it's kind of the way it is. So I, I, I think that they have responded well so far right now, you know, it's like every other week, you, you don't know who's going to be a healthy scratch. Um, so right now, Rasmus Rissalainen, on defense, he, the other night against the Ottawa Senators, he was a healthy scratch. Tortorella hasn't been super pleased with his start to the season. He's only played four games. He was dealing with a lower body injury to start the season. He's healthy now. Still, Tortorella, he's not pinning it on the injury. He's like, he, Bristolini just hasn't been playing up to his standards. So he will be in the lineup tonight against the St. Louis Blues. So I guess we'll see if uh, he stays on the naughty list or if he moves over into the nice list. It sounds like Tortorella wants to see more from Ristolainen, not just in terms of his physicality, which we all know that Ristolainen can bring, but Tortorella also wants to see Ristolainen stop plays. That's been a huge issue for the Flyers so far this season, is teams just living in the, their, their zone, essentially, and not being able to kill plays fast enough. And Carter Hart has been under siege in, in quite a few of these games where he's just facing such a high shot volume. So Ristolainen is a big part of this team and being able to get out of their own zone and, and to get on the attack. So will he be able to do that? Perhaps we will find out tonight. Olivia, a lot of Flyers fans thought that the return last year for Claude Giroux in a trade was underwhelming, but I wanted to ask about Owen Tippett and the impact that he's had. It seems like his game has really grown this year. What have you seen watching him closely? Yeah, Frank, you make a really great point. I've been very impressed with Owen Tippett. And Tippett's also another player that is technically working back from injury. He and Ristolainen, I believe, returned at the same time. So Tippett's about four games in after recovering from what the, the team is calling an upper body, body injury, but is an apparent concussion So that he sustained in the first game of the regular season against the New Jersey Devils on October 13th. So to have a little bit of a layoff and to be able to come back as strong as he has come back he hasn't been exactly, you know, filling up the stat sheet so far, but he's playing really well. And something that has really impressed me, he, he looks a lot more confident than he did last season. He also looks really strong on the puck. This is a team that has really struggled with turnovers this past season. Even this season, I think it's bled into as well. And, and just not playing like the puck is an important thing that you need to have in order to, to win the game. Um, they just kind of have been turning it over, whether it's in the neutral zone their own zone, defensive zone. So it, it's something that 
they have struggled with. I think he's, he's a really strong player um, and he's been able to hang on to the puck and um, it, it get some shots off that I don't think other players on this team can. So I think he's still finding his identity and, and Tortorella had a conversation with him in the preseason about, okay, you need to show me who you are. Are you going to be this kind of, you know, grinding guy that's, you know, hitting people and, and forechecking or are you going to be this, or are you going to be a goal scorer? And they need goal scorers on this team. He has a really hard shot. He had lots of scoring chances to close out last season. Once he arrived in Philadelphia, he just wasn't able to finish on a lot of them. So I think that the goal scoring is still getting there, but you're seeing him make some plays. You're seeing him hang on to the puck to keep plays alive. Um, he's been very impressive. And he was also playing on the Flyers top line on uh, Saturday night. So he got a bit of, of a promotion alongside Travis Konechny and Kevin Hayes. So, I don't know. I, I, I really think he, he has a pretty high ceiling, and um, I'm very intrigued to see how he continues to develop here. Yeah, there's no doubt the Flyers need more goals. 30th in the league at 2.55 goals, four per game. The Flyers this season, 6-3-2, and two, have been fascinating to watch, and this has been a fantastic insight uh, to their start to the season from Olivia Reiner, who covers the Flyers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. You can follow her on Twitter, at Reiner Olivia. Check out her work on philly.com and inquire.com as well. Thanks so much to Olivia for joining us today for the All-32 delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo code there at the bottom of your screen. Game day. 25 gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with DoorDash. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. Thanks a lot, Olivia. Anytime. All right, Mike, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. And I've seen a lot of this reaction on social media, so I wanted to take a stab at it myself. What happens to Mitchell Miller's contract? And Mike, it's really an interesting one because hmm. in actuality, the contract that was sent in by the Bruins to the league was registered by Central Registry. And so Mitchell Miller, everyone noticed, was not placed on unconditional waivers for a buyout on Monday because... That needs to be a mutual termination. And if you're Mitchell Miller and his camp with $300,000 in signing bonuses and you say, well, the facts of this case have been out there for a long time, uh, you know, that was on you as the Boston Bruins to vet that. We want our money. Well, this is going to be an interesting push and pull because, Mike, where does the PA come in on this, the NHL Players Association, in that the league registered a contract. It's then a binding mm -hmm. and legal agreement that these two sides should honor. And so in this case, if they're going to cut ties, well, then my guess is that this probably needs to end in some sort of settlement. What say you? Yeah, I think there's going to be lawyers involved. And I'm not sure where the PA will fit in because he's not, you know, technically a member as being, uh, he hasn't been there. So uh, I think you're going to see a payout here in some way. Like this is on the Bruins, if you ask me. And I, can't, I think the lawyers would have a pretty strong case to at least get a portion of what he is owed in bonus money, I would think. Yeah, it's a sticky situation because I'm sure the PA is sitting yeah. there saying, well, not only was he not a member, but I, I don't know that we want to be defending this guy. My point is that right. you would need to step up and defend the precedent. Let's get to Tyler Yamchuk in our daily face-off points bet daily bet segment. Tyler, brutal night on Monday. The shot prop king not coming through. Yeah, that was uh, that was not good. A couple of tough, tough beats there. Uh, but regardless, we'll we'll look to bounce back here tonight. And there's actually a lot I like. It's a big slate in the NHL. So let's dig into it, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. Starting with that matchup at the top, I am 
putting this one, consider it like the watch list. Golden Knights versus Maple Leafs. I like the Golden Knights as road dogs at plus 100. Eric Schalgren is confirmed as the starter for the Leafs, but I want to make sure Logan Thompson gets confirmed as the starter for Vegas, and then I am taking them on the money line at plus 100. I love them as road dogs. They've been fantastic on the road. They've been fantastic in every game so far this season. Uh, digging into our shot props, let's take a uh, look at Bo Horvat who in his last four games, five shots, six shots, five shots, six shots. The line is set at two and a half. It's paying out minus 150. Not a great payout, but I love this. Senators bottom 10 in the NHL in shots against per 60 at five on five. Second shot prop I like is Nikita Kucherov over three and a half at plus 100. Taking on the Oilers, bottom 10 in shots against per 60 at five on five. Kucherov, six shots, four shots, four shots, four shots. He's crushing this as of late. So I like that trend to continue. And also Cole Caulfield to uh, continue ripping the puck as well. Similar thinking here. I'm staying with a nice line of thinking. The uh, Red Wings, bottom 10 in shots against per 60 at five on five. Caulfield, five shots, four shots, eight shots, six shots. Okay, he's been crushing it. Four of his last five, this number is hit. So I like taking Caulfield over three and a half at plus 100 as well. And one final one to make it an even five plays because I got a ton going on tonight. I like uh, the Senators on the money line at home, minus 120. Spencer Martin confirmed for Vancouver. He's got he's allowed four-plus goals in two of his three starts, so I like Ottawa to get the win against Vancouver, and uh, that's my busy night, Frank. Yeah, I'm with you on the Vegas Golden Knights in Toronto. Shalgren, aside from a great performance against the Canes on Sunday, the Leafs played back-to-back -back Saturday and Sunday, traveled home, did not skate at all on Monday, complete off day then to come back, hop right in against the Vegas Golden Knights team. That's been really good. And Schalgren's in net again before Sunday, 888 career save percentage. Seems like a smart play. Mike, that brings us to garbage time. What are you noticing? What'd you, what's caught your attention? What's caught your eye from around the hockey world? Just a really fun interchange last night between Brad Marchant and Andrew Raycroft uh, discussing the jerseys that the Bruins were wearing last evening. Let's give this a listen here. How do you guys feel about the jerseys? What do you think personally? Oh, they look unbelievable. They I do. mean, yeah. We got a lot of twos on our team, and they're looking like tens tonight. <laughs> How do you guys? <laughs> Raycroft is All loving right, it. Dude, this is the hardest I've laughed watching a game in a long time, and it's purely off Raycroft's reaction because it's so funny. Like, we got a lot of twos. Like, obviously – Marjan's poking fun at how ugly his team is, and they look great in the jerseys. And I don't know, man. This was just fun as could be. I sent Razor a message this morning just saying how good that was and how organic and funny, and no surprise that it was Brad Marchand. Yeah, and look, hey, Brad Marchand has been a huge proponent of this uh, Winnie the Pooh Bear jersey reverse retro return. So uh, clearly he loves it and uh, did not miss at the opportunity after Raycroft put that on a tee. Uh, great stuff, Mike. Great job today on this Tuesday, Election Day edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Get out and vote if you have not done so already. And we'll be back tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Thanks to Olivia Reiner, Tyler Uramchuk, Mike McKenna, as well as, of course, our head of production, Alex Allard. Like and subscribe on YouTube if you love the show. And we'll see you on at 12 noon on Tuesday, uh, Wednesday. Thanks a lot. Enjoy. Thanks. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.